Welcome to Dog Talk and Kitties Too. This episode features one of the three guests who were part of my weekly hour-long NPR show broadcast over the air every Sunday on WLIW-FM 88.3, the only NPR station on Long Island, where it is broadcast continuously for 14 years. I'm Tracy Hotchner. I wrote the Dog Bible, Everything Your Dog Wants You to Know, as well as the Cat Bible, Everything Your Cat Expects You to Know. I'm also the founder and director of the New York Dog Film Festival. The 8th annual New York City premiere will be October 2023, along with the 5th annual New York Cat Film Festival before traveling the country, supporting local animal welfare groups. This show is about dogs, cats, and other creatures who share the planet with us. Please check out my other Pet Talk podcasts at TracyHotchnerPets.com. I would not be able to bring you this show without the generous support of Dr. Elsie's, the privately owned litter and cat food company founded by Dr. Bruce Elsie, a feline-only veterinarian. He personally created many styles of litter to make sure that even the fussiest cats would not have out-of-litter box problems, the number one reason people abandon their kitties. Dr. Elsie also created his own brand of cat food called Clean Protein, the first dry cat food I can recommend because it's based on the protein found in a cat's natural prey. This show would not be possible without the longtime support from Waruva, the pet food company founded and privately run by David Foreman, who named it after his rescued kitties, Webster, Rudy, and Vanessa. Waruva is a quirky name for a company with whimsical names for the dozens of different cans and pouches of cat food they make. But what sets them apart is how serious David is about high-quality nutrition. They were the first pet food company to use human edible ingredients and process them in the same facilities that make human food. Other pet food companies may have copied them over time, but Waruva remains privately owned and run, accountable only to their own high standards, not investors who focus on profits. I was so happy at VMX to meet a woman wearing a hot pink dress because everyone knows that that's my favorite color. Well, it turned out she was this really cool veterinarian who is doing something for nationwide insurance that I don't entirely understand. Dr. Emily Tinter, welcome to the show. Thanks for being a pink dress wearing person. And what what are these? I know that's probably not the most important thing about you. You're quite an accomplished woman, but I loved it. And I thought, well, I thought, well, what are you? I thought you must be giving lectures to veterinarians about how to get more clients to sign up for pet insurance, which is one of my pet passions. Really quite passionate that begging all of my listeners and readers, get pet insurance, get pet insurance. And when you haven't gotten pet insurance, don't come to me crying for how much, how costly it is to get high quality vet care. But that isn't what you do. You don't try to convince veterinarians to get their clients to sign up because veterinarians aren't very good salespeople, for one thing. They're there to to heal, not necessarily to be pitch men, right? So how come Nationwide has you on this quite impressive circuit of the United States talking on a topic that I didn't quite understand, spectrum of care? Why is this, why is this what Nationwide is doing, first of all? Yeah, it's a great question. It was fun to meet you. Uh, it's always great to meet people in totally different ways. Yes. Uh, whether a little bit of flair with your outfit or, That's right. um, you know, turning into really interesting conversations about pets. From yes. 
So <laughs> at Nationwide, we really believe that we have to think differently about how to provide more care to more pets. And of course, we appreciate when veterinarians or our members, the people that have pet insurance policies, recommend us and recommend pet insurance and appreciate your recommendation for that too. Because we do know when pets are protected by insurance that it's easier for pet families to prepare financially for the everyday things like skin allergies or the emergencies that I think a lot of us think about uh, for pet insurance, like when the worst happens and they need to have an emergency surgery or something. I think the challenge for us is as we've looked at the economics of veterinary medicine and said, okay, the cost of providing veterinary care is going up in a couple of different ways. I think no matter who you are, we can all identify with the idea of inflation. Uh, right now, inflation is, is pretty high. Uh, over 2022, if you look at the overall index of inflation of about 9% for last year, um, the inflation that we were experiencing in veterinary medicine was higher than that, was a little over 11%. Really? So that is a, that's a small piece. But it's something that I think we can all identify with because we're all going to the groceries and we're going grocery and yep. experiencing that it costs a little bit more to do most everything now than it did a year or two ago. And that's true and, and a little bit heightened with our, with veterinary services. Um, I think so that's, that's one piece of it. But even before we were experiencing the inflation that we were, you know that pet families are struggling in various ways to pay for the rising cost of veterinary care. That what's really cool is that we have new diagnostics, we have new treatments, new types of drugs that can help us treat things that we, we didn't have access to for our pets even five, ten years ago. Things that help us, um, you know, at the very advanced level of care, treat cancer or even the everyday vomiting dog or cat just a little bit better, help them feel better faster, help mm-hmm. them live longer. But that advanced level of care and the kind of increasing amount of opportunity available, it's more expensive and not everybody can afford that. And not everybody necessarily wants to do the most advanced thing. I, I used to work at a uh, veterinary hospital, specialty hospital in the Philadelphia area that was a cancer center and had a cyber knife, which is a type of yes, radiation therapy. radiation is really fancy. Yeah, very fancy and and helpful treatment for some types of cancers. Not everyone wants to do that for their pet, which is very understandable. Of course, that's an extreme example of advanced level care. But could I just interrupt for one one second, Emily, which is that cyber knife sounds so harsh and horrible, like, oh, some kind of alien knife is going to stab your animal. It's really targeted radiation, and even a lot of human oncologists or oncology centers don't necessarily have it to offer to human patients. And as you said, for certain kinds of cancers, it can be life-saving or certainly life-extending. So it's a horrible name. And I mean, yeah, like they want my opinion, right? But it sounds off-putting, like I wouldn't do that to my dog when it's actually... You know, much less invasive than other things. So, sorry, go on. I just wanted, when people are listening and going, yeah, I don't want that. But you you would want it if it was appropriate and you had pet insurance and could afford it. You would. You you, you might want that if you wanted to do absolutely everything to try and extend 
your pet's life. And, and some people are looking for that really comprehensive advanced care for their pet. And sometimes they're pet factors for that, right? Some, some pets don't really like to come in very often to see us or it may stress them out. And that might be another reason. Right. A different person might choose the opposite end of this, of what we call the spectrum of care. And the thing that we're out talking about, uh, which is a more basic treatment. So if we think about the same types of things, cancer, there are really palliative ways to treat cancer, which just is a fancy way of saying, how do we help pets be as comfortable as possible without necessarily trying to, you know, extend their life maximally or cure them? How do we just make sure that we get as much quality time as possible? And often that can be a mixture of medications and home care that is significantly less expensive than something like chemotherapy or radiation therapy. I think that's an example most of us can identify with for a spectrum of care and what we're really advocating at, at Nationwide, and it's a growing movement within veterinary medicine, is to talk about these differences more. Uh, we know that certainly a lot of people are looking for advanced levels of care, but increasingly, because the, the pressures of providing that care are expensive and because often we forget as veterinary professionals that not everyone would do for their pet or wants to do or can do for their pet what we would. That's so, a good point. so what we're really trying to talk about is it's it's okay if pet oh, owners, pet families choose something different. Well, I must say that's very um, altruistic that a pet insurance company, obviously Nationwide is famous for being an insurance company, but that a pet insurance company would say, and directly to the providers of medical care, the veterinarians, not to the end users who would be us, the, the dog and cat owners, it's okay to just keep them comfortable and do, let's say, a kind minimum. Palliative care usually rings true for people who've lived through human or animal cancer, meaning, okay, we're giving up, but we're going to keep them comfortable and ease them towards their end. Often palliative care you kind of think, oh, it could be days or weeks. And then you hear these stories, right, about the senior dog or cat who gets adopted by somebody. And three years later, they're still thriving on palliative care. But I yeah. guess that's the <laughs> outlier. But but what about the altruism of Nationwide doing that? I mean, dollars and cents. They have you and another wonderful vet who I met with you, I guess, on salary. And they have the expense of sending you to conferences. And then also they have to propose the conference that you get chosen as speakers. It's Is it really just altruism? Is this their kind of give back to the veterinary profession? Or what am I missing? I mean, I, it's a business, right? Yeah. The world is run by business. And I, I want to understand it, not to put you on yeah. the spot. But there's something, there's some part of this I'm not understanding. I mean, goodness of heart is great. Is that all we're talking about here? Well, we're really lucky. We're really lucky that um, the thing that we believe in, that that it's the best thing to do to meet pet families where they are and acknowledge that everyone has different goals and values and resources to use for their pets, that that really fits in well with our business model. I so see. as Nationwide is a mutual insurance company, which is a kind of insurance company that means that we are essentially owned by the people that have policies. And so oh, I instead see. of a requirement to... Um, turn around a top dollar investment to, um, you know, uh, investment com uh, right. company. Really, when we're not publicly traded, our, our mission is to 
protect people, businesses, and futures with extraordinary care. And so we really, on the, the pet side, we talk about the extraordinary extraordinary care component being how do we make sure that what we provide is exactly what pet families are looking for and acknowledge that pet owners are just as diverse as everyone across the U.S. And Mm -hmm. truly not everyone wants or needs the same thing. So that fits in with us having um, different pet protection products or pet insurance products to meet people where they are. So some people, they're looking for that really comprehensive care. If, if they know that they might be someone who would treat cancer in an advanced way, we have a pet insurance product for them that is probably, you know, it's going to be more comprehensive as a, as a more costly of course. pet protection solution too. Uh, but if you're really just looking for care for the basic side of things, you want some help if something really unforeseen happens, uh, but you don't need help necessarily planning for the everyday like wellness care, then we have products available for that too. We want to be able to say we can meet you where you are no matter what your finances are and we are on your side, truly. That's really kind <laughs> Back of to that neat. really catchy jingle. That is, you're right, <laughs> you are lucky. No judgment for that. You're lucky that you do work for a company that that's genuinely the philosophy and it's not just window dressing. I didn't understand the difference between insurance companies that are publicly traded and have to make profits for those who buy into them, but you are owned by the shareholders, if you will. That It's like those companies that are employee-owned. It's all within the family. So if you have that policy, the way the company operates is in your benefit, not just the benefit of the company. Is that right? It is. I would add one of the most important things that we can do is to stay in business. So we still have to, right. um, you know, being the oldest and the largest pet health insurer in the country uh, around for, we just passed our 41 year birthday earlier in April. It is, it is really important to be sustainable too. So that's part of the, uh, the component of, you know, meeting people where they are. When we're talking about a spectrum of care, we want pets to receive the care that they need. We want pet owners to feel like they're getting the care that they they want for their pet. And we would want to do that in a way that we don't have to raise their premiums um, so that it feels sustainable for everyone so we can continue to be in business for them. So for sure, it, it does. it is still a business. And so spectrum of care fits in well with that too. Letting pets get the care that they need and and hopefully, you know, that being um, something that we can tailor to every every family is also, um, it, it ties back into keeping their premium or amount that they pay for their pet insurance as affordable as possible. And also philosophically, you bring, you brought up a point about radiation therapy that there are certainly cats who going to the vet or a veterinary facility is hell on earth. And Many dogs tremble and salivate, and they're just incredibly stressed and miserable at the vet. But also, people have schedules, and they work, and they have many obligations. Or if they don't work, they still could have many obligations. And maybe they're not in a position or desire to drive often a long distance many days in a row to get treatments that need to be done that way or that involve – I'm thinking of some of the cancer treatments – that involve the animal has to be anesthetized each time and then have the treatment and then come out of the anesthesia and then go home and then come back. There was a, a vet in Southampton, I remember, had a beloved 
golden retriever, and I was astonished. This goes back to the 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 late 80s that she was driving the dog from from Southampton to Cornell in Ithaca multiple times for a brain tumor to have it treated and the dog the dog's life wasn't extended very long but golly it sure put her and the dog in right really in a bind but she felt compelled to do it cuz that was her idea of what was the right kind of care. Somebody else might say, I'll just yeah. take some, you know, get, just give me some steroids, like some prednisone pills, and maybe some pain relievers if yeah. need be, and we're just going to eat steak for dinner every night, uh, the dog will, and that'll be good yeah. for me. <laughs> or everyone. Or everyone, sure. yes, because, <laughs> but that's not good for the planet that yeah. people eat steak every night, leaving aside other kinds of food choices. It's a really good point that there are people, human people, who don't want to do everything. A friend of mine's mother had a failing heart and said, I'm 87. I've lived a great life. I don't want to put the family and myself and doctors and the medical system under the burden of doing a whole bunch of stuff to me. I'm good. I'm My time is now. So it, people can even make the decision for themselves the way people make it for their pets. And I guess Spectrum of Care is saying both to the vets and to the owners, it's really okay to do less. Less is good too. Right? I mean, that's we're a, we're a country of excess, do everything, but sometimes that's not the answer. And it doesn't feel right to people. They feel they're putting their animal through a very difficult situation for maybe not the kind of gain that makes sense to them personally. So it really is very personal. I like that that's what you're saying, is that everyone where they stand can come up with their own choice, and it's, it's the right choice for them and their pet. Is that about right? That's right. In fact, one of our teammates, uh, Nicole, it, she came up as we were talking about this concept of a spectrum of care because I think it intuitively makes a lot of sense to pet families and, and them as they're thinking about, you know, how they uh, might choose care for a pet and that it can even evolve throughout their pet's life. That's right. I think it can be sometimes harder for us as vet healthcare team members to to hold the idea that, you know, one exam room to the next, people may, might make different choices right. and that that can be okay as long as the, the basic needs of the pet are met, as long as they're, you know, cared for with food, water, and, and their pain is controlled. And, um, you know, our, Nicole came up with this phrase of basic isn't bad. And I think it's a, I love it's, that. It's a great reminder for us of that's basic really, isn't bad. That's really nice. For the pet. Yep. Basic isn't bad. Good enough is plenty good. Dr. Emily Tincher, it's been lovely to talk to you. I'm really delighted to learn what Spectrum of Care meant and that basic isn't bad and good enough is certainly good enough. Thank you so much for being here and the work you're doing across the country to spread the word. Thanks so much for having me. It was great talking to you. Thanks for listening. There are a few more special companies that make this show possible. I hope you will try their products because they support my mission to entertain you with valuable information and advice. This show is supported by Wonderside, a company founded and run by a woman entrepreneur who wanted to find an effective natural way to keep fleas, ticks, and other pests away from her pets and home instead of putting toxic chemicals in or on them. Wonderside makes plant-powered products to keep parasites at bay without dousing your pets and property with ingredients that are harmful to them and the planet. 
The show is also underwritten by Evermore Pet Food, privately owned by two dedicated women who take human edible, ethically sourced ingredients and gently cook dog food that is then frozen in pouches and shipped right to your door. They founded and run their own company and have been doing that for 14 years and answer only to their own high standards without interference from venture capital investors. I'm also grateful to Earth Animal, also privately owned by Dr. Bob and Susan Goldstein, where they create holistic pet wellness products with an emphasis on their stewardship of the Pet Sustainability Coalition. Earth Animal makes a dazzling array of healing products for dogs and cats, as well as the innovative Dog Chew No Hide and the hybrid dog food Wisdom, which is sometimes all that my picky blue Weimarano Maisie will eat.